Welcome to Boobs Aren't Worth Dying For, the podcast dedicated to integrative health and healing from breast cancer and breast cancer treatment using the best of conventional and natural medicine. Your host, Deborah Beaumont, is an advanced practice nurse, functional medicine practitioner, and fellow breast cancer survivor. Welcome back to this week's episode. This is Deborah Beaumont. I am your host. I am very happy today to be talking about a subject that I think we all need to know about. This is the other side of what is considered standard treatment for those of us who have to go through cancer treatment and mastectomy and reconstruction. And that is the discussion about implants. I don't know if everyone knows this, but the reason I'm doing the podcast is because we all need to become more informed about this. So today I am inviting to the podcast Christina Rowland, who is the founder of Size Happy, a movement focused on helping women on their journey to self-love and healing. She is helping women rebel against the unattainable standards that society inflicts on them regarding beauty, body size, and, and body image. Christina herself has gone through breast implant illness. She went through explant surgery and recovered from nearly all of the symptoms that she was experiencing. She's now recognized as an expert in the breast implant illness community. She helps other women reclaim their health and happiness through education. She has a blog at sizehappy.net, and she has a Facebook group, Breast Implant Illness Rejuvenation and Education with Christina. Originally, she was a personal trainer. She has experience now coaching thousands of women who struggle with self-image and confidence. Health and fitness remain a core passion of hers, and she still works out and can be found in the gym. But uh, today, she is joining us to really delve into this whole issue of breast implant illness. Christina, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and allowing me to discuss this with your audience. I'm, I'm thinking that it might be a good thing to start just to talk about what your experience was with that and how you came to understand that it was your breast implants that were making you sick. So when I was 23, almost 24, I got breast implants. And, you know, I just got them because I thought I had body image issues. So I just thought they would fix me and I would never pick on my body ever again. And I would be more womanly and everything like that. So I got the breast implants when I was almost 24 and they did, they helped with my confidence. You know, I got to wear cute things and, and I was happy for a long time, but then probably within a year I was just picking on another body part. So, you know, they really didn't do what I had hoped they would do. So common. Yeah. So the first five years that I had them, I didn't have any issues whatsoever, no breast pain or anything like that, no symptoms. But then in 2011, after I had my son, I started to experience a lot of fatigue and a lot of brain fog and just memory issues. And I just chalked it up to being a new mom. I thought, I, I, you know, I just had a baby. I'm hormonal. Um, I was used to working out, personal training and working out in restaurants and being around people and doing things. And now I was a stay-at-home mom. You know, I was with, home with my son and I just had a baby. So I chalked up those two symptoms to, you know, just having a baby. The years went on and the fatigue and the brain fog never went away. And in fact, it just kept getting a little bit worse. And then in 2014, this is kind of where things start to happen. So in 2014, I got a swollen lymph node underneath my right armpit. And I was like, oh, like, what is this? It hurt. It was tender when I would like push my armpit skin 
you could see the ball underneath there. So I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? Oh, it was no, my gynecologist it. and she felt it. And she said, yeah, it looks like your body's probably just fighting something. If it, if it, come, if it goes away and then comes back, go see a regular doctor. And she didn't seem concerned about it. So I wasn't concerned about it whatsoever. And it did end up going away. But then two months later in December of 2014, it came back. And that's when I'm like, okay, my body's definitely responding to something because your lymph nodes don't just get swollen and big and tender for no reason. It's typically because of a virus or bacteria or cancer cells, whatever it may be. And so I went to see my normal doctor. She again felt around, said, yep, it looks like a lymph node. She put me on antibiotics and antiviral medication, and neither of those two things did anything for it. It just made me feel like loopy. And, and then right around this time, so we're talking January 2015, within these next six months, I had, so I already had the fatigue and the brain fog. I had the swollen lymph node. And now I was dealing with very, very bad anxiety and depression. Um, I was losing a lot of hair. My vision was getting really blurry with eye floaters. I started to have a lot of hip joint pain. My libido just tanked. Here I was in my early 30s at this time. Again, I was into health and fitness since I was 14. I took very good care of myself, exercised, ate healthy, all of that. I was in my early 30s, but I was dealing with all of these symptoms and I couldn't figure out why. Every time I would go to a doctor, they would say, well, I don't know what's wrong with you. Let's run this test. Let's do that. Um, I've tried protocols, different supplements. I tried almost everything and we couldn't really pinpoint what was going on with me. And no doctor ever thought to ask me, do you have breast implants? And I, I hear, hear all along, I just thought they were safe. So I never even considered to question that it could be my breast implants. 2017 is actually when I discovered breast implant illness. My last symptom that came was like the gasping for air. I was just always short of breath, gasping for air. Oh, wow. That was really scary. It's one of the symptoms that I'm really only still experiencing. But I discovered breast implant illness in 2017. It was actually on the news one day, and there was like a handful of women on a news segment. And they were talking about how they had all of these symptoms and how they all had breast implants. And they all explanted. And after they explanted, all of their symptoms either completely went away or at least like dramatically improved. And that's when I was like, oh my gosh that is exactly what's going on with me because I've tried everything. I've done the supplements. I went as far as to like try the alkaline diet and I was peeing on pH strips just to make sure like my body's alkaline because I literally thought I was dying of a rare cancer that nobody could figure out. I thought I was dying. There were plenty of times where I just felt like I'm not going to make it to see the next year. But when I found out about breast implant illness, I was like, here I am trying to change and fix and clean up everything in my exterior environment. But what has been messing me up this whole time has actually been inside of me. And when I first found out about breast implant illness, I was honestly like relieved because I was like, oh my gosh, like this has to be it. I'm not crazy. Um, Yeah. Like I'm not crazy. It's not in my head, um, which is kind of like how we all feel. And I went and I researched breast implant illness, like what it is, the symptoms, what are breast implants made out of? What do they do to our body? And after I discovered all of this, I was appalled, honestly. 
And I was like, these things do not need to be in anybody's body. I wouldn't drink these chemicals. I wouldn't lather these chemicals on my body. And regardless of anything, whether I get better or not, these do not need to be inside of my body. I had my breast implants for like 11 years at this point. And I knew like my surgeon luckily told me that my implants needed to be exchanged every eight to 10 years. So I already knew it was coming up to that time to where I needed to make a decision. Am I going to get implants again or do I just want to explant because I didn't want to keep having a surgery every 10 years. And luckily for me, breast implant illness like came to me and I discovered it. And I was like, yeah, I am definitely not getting implants in again. I'm going to explant. And so actually a year ended up, ended up going by. We traveled, I homeschooled my son. So like things just kind of got in the way. In 2018, I was upstairs doing laundry and I was like gasping for air. My hip my hip joint pain hurt. I was tired. I was just anxious, depressed, all of this. And I had this voice that literally came to me and said, Christina, you know about breast implant illness. You're sorry. You're like dealing with all of these symptoms. This is not normal. You're young. Go get your breast implants taken out. So I went downstairs and I told my husband, which I, I let him know this whole time. As soon as I discovered breast implant illness, I told it to him too. And I was like, honey, I think this is what's wrong with me. And so I went downstairs and I said, honey, I'm upstairs gasping for breath as I'm doing the laundry. I'm going to go get my consultation to go get my breast implants taken out. And he was like, okay, you know, yeah, let's go get this thing going. And so I did my consultation and I explanted on August 2nd, 2018. So at the time of this recording, I like just celebrated my two-year post-explant surgery mark. Since the day of my surgery, I have had zero hip joint pain. It went away completely the day of my surgery. No anxiety, no depression. I'm not losing my hair. My lymph node pain is gone. The only thing that I'm still experiencing is the gasping for air. But other than that, I have energy through the roof and I'm thinking straight. I'm thinking like faster and sharper. And I didn't change anything except for removing my breast implants. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Powerful. You know, you brought up something in there that I really want to go back to. I, I bring it up particularly uh, for the listeners of my podcast who are dealing with breast cancer. Even after you had studied and had the information, you said one day I, I, I heard this powerful voice yeah. telling you, like, this is the problem, do something about it. Mm-hmm. My feeling is, is that women going through breast cancer treatment get so beat up by the process that they lose access to that inner voice. You know, mm-hmm. it's from the fear, the anxiety of the diagnosis, the overwhelm, the stress, the trying to make decisions, as I say all the time, with a gun pointed at your head, the gun being cancer. And, and I think women can sometimes lose that connection to their own intuition and their own sense of knowledge. And I really, I really liked what you said, that it, it even took a while after your own education for you to be able to hear that voice. And yeah. so for the women who are listening to this, I just want to encourage you, this, this may be new information to you or it may be information you've already covered. But just allow yourself to take it in and understand that you do have this this voice, wherever it comes from, that can really help you guide yourself in decisions. Because one of the issues that comes up for me with the whole issue of breast implants is that there's a group of 
women who get this done for more cosmetic and body image reasons. And then there are the group of women who feel like this is their only option when they've gone through disfiguring amputation of their breast and they feel like they have to do that. And that's something that I talk about in other uh, podcasts that there are options for, but, but I think there's an, an added emotional oomph to it. You know, when, when women are dealing with the fact that it's, oh my God, it's reconstruction or nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm actually really good friends with so many women through this community who had breast cancer, got breast implants, and then got sick from their breast implants. Right. um, And then got their breast implants removed, went back to flat. And now they feel so much better, not only physically, but just mentally and emotionally. Um, I even had one woman tell me, she's like, the breast implants were actually worse than my cancer. So I am, if, if anybody here is listening and you're looking for a community of women, maybe you have breast implants right now because of breast cancer and you, like, I, I can't relate to the breast cancer aspect, but I know so many women who had breast cancer opted for breast implants and are now, you know, we're sick. So I'd be happy to connect you with those communities and everything like that if you're needing extra support or maybe just some answers or advice when it comes to navigating breast implants after breast cancer? I I definitely want to head into some specifics, but one of the things that I'd like to spend a few minutes talking about are the politics around this, because they're huge. I mean, there's no way to put it. There's a big pushback from plastic surgeons. There are many I've I've done education on breast implant illness, and I've had them personally email me some pretty ugly emails. So there's a huge pushback. So even if you know one of our listeners feels like this could be contributing to a problem, it doesn't necessarily mean that her doctor is going to support that. Uh, and you know, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. I sum it up in one line, but I'd like to hear your experience with that, being an activist and an educator. When it comes to like doctors. And, and I just push back or... in general. To tell you the truth, I've gotten some really strong pushback from women who have had implants. They just don't want to hear. Um, yeah. You know, my, my feeling is, is that for plastic surgeons, breast implants, I think at one point in time I read, were the second biggest surgery that plastic surgeons do. So it's big yeah, they're money. actually the first, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, breast I, augmentation I, is a big moneymaker. So I am always telling anybody, especially women though, to trust their body, trust their intuition. Um, If a doctor's telling you it can't be your implants or there's not enough data or we don't know anything about it, you know, whatever it may be, like just trust your body and your instinct. If you feel like something is wrong, um, yeah, because I mean, I've, I've heard it often from different surgeons, from different types of doctors where there's not enough data and there's the doctors that need to see data and need to see studies and everything like that. And so they will give you that pushback. And I just want to say, trust your body, you know, your implants, if you do have them, they don't need to be leaking or anything for you to get breast implant illness. My implants are pristine. They're intact. They're, they look just like they did the day they were implanted in me 12 years ago. And yet I was still very sick from them. So, you know, just do your research, make up your own mind about what it is that you want in your body. Don't ask, ask your doctor what you should do. If there's something you're adamant that you want done, if you want them taken out or you want to try something else, it's your body. You're spending your money. And again, you have to be your own advocate. So 
just follow that intuition and your gut and do, do whatever you feel like will make you happier and healthier at the end of the day, whatever that may be. I personally feel like that's what I experienced just when I had expanders after my double mastectomy because expanders are made from the same material that the implants are. It took years after treatment and having my everything removed for me to understand what was happening. And what I learned in studying is that breast implants have never been approved by the uh, Food and Drug Administration. It's, it's funny, breast implants exist in like a category unto themselves. Breast implants were developed before the Food and Drug Administration started regulating medical devices. So when they did start regulating medical devices, they made an exception for breast implants because they were being used for reconstruction. And so they've never really been evaluated. So if you want to find more information, just go to the FDA website. They have a whole page on the FDA website about the fact that uh, breast implants have never been proven to be safe. And now more and more women are coming out talking about their experience. The other thing that I want to mention, going back to what Christina said about whether they leak or not, breast implants are made by 50 or more chemicals depending on what kind of implant you get. Those chemicals are known to be neurotoxic and carcinogenic on their own, not to mention when they're all put together and have a synergistic effect. Many of those substances offlet gases. It's my understanding that it's the gases being released into your system that actually can create some of the symptoms, particularly neurological symptoms that women are developing. So it doesn't require that you're implant be broken or be leaking or anything. It's just the fact that they're there and they're a foreign substance in your body. And I think it's kind of crazy that for a while they, they took breast implants off the market. I think it was in the 80s. They took it off the market for cosmetic reasons and they were only allowing it to be used in issues of reconstruction. But reconstruction, when you're talking about patients with cancer, (laughs) you're already immune compromised, you're already vulnerable. And I think that in some ways, you may be more susceptible to having problems with your implants, you know, when you're dealing with other issues like cancer, radiation, surgery, all the things that create inflammation and trauma in our body. So with that being said, I'm wondering if you, you talked some about uh, some of the symptoms that you experienced. Mm-hmm. But can you talk a little bit about some of the other symptoms women might be experiencing, ones that they might not even realize are connected to breast implants and yeah. toxicity? Yeah, absolutely. I do want to touch upon two things, though, before I get into that, just to kind of piggyback off what you were just saying. Sure. So on July 24th, 2019, Allergan recalled their breast implant um, bio cell in 38 countries and the tissue expanders. So, so there's that if, if, you know, if anybody's thinking it's just breast implants, it, it was also their tissue expanders as well. You can find that on the FDA's own website, maybe even Allergan's website. Um, it was July 24th, 2019. Also in the breast implant manufacturers pamphlets and brochures, their, their safety study pamphlets, you can find under, under the precautions section, it says that if you have any of the following conditions, be sure to notify your doctor as the risks of complication may be higher if you have any of these conditions. An autoimmune disease, 
or family history of autoimmune disease. And the second thing is a weakened immune system. I can't help but feel like those two things do not go with breast cancer when your immune system is already bogged down. The third thing is if you planned chemotherapy following breast implant placement, planned radiation therapy to the breast following breast implant uh, placement, um, conditions that interfere with wound healing and or blood clotting, reduced blood supply to the breast. And then the last one is if you're clinically diagnosed with depression or other mental health health disorders, including body dysmorphia or eating disorders, it is best to wait until any of these conditions get better or go away until you get breast implants. I literally, everything that I just read you is out of mentor's own precautions section. So if you have a weakened immune system, if you planned chemotherapy following breast implants or planned radiation therapy to the breast, it's all there. Everything that goes along with being treated for cancer. Yeah. 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 Um, But just to kind of talk about the breast implant illness symptoms, and there are quite a lot. And oftentimes I hear, well, that's a lot of symptoms and that could be anything. And I, I totally agree. Some women, like most women don't have all of these symptoms, but some women have at least 20 of these symptoms clustered together. And another woman might have a different 20 symptoms. But the main symptoms to look out for if you have breast implants and you're just not feeling well, no matter what you're doing and trying, is fatigue, brain fog, insomnia, joint pain, blurry vision, Um, inflammation, which like just makes it hard to lose weight. You just always feel inflamed. Um, If you experience any kind of anxiety or depression, any kind of suicidal thoughts, there are plenty of studies out there about women who have breast implants actually have an increase of committing suicide. Oh wow! If you have hair loss or thinning, gasping for air, heart palpitations, night sweats, skin rashes, swollen lymph nodes, tingling and numbness in your arms and legs, vertigo, um, and then like food intolerances like IBS, candida, UTI infections, headaches, and a lot of women have miscarriages when they have breast implants. I actually am really good friends with one woman who, who explanted, and then shortly after she explanted, she was able to get pregnant after, um, I don't know if she's miscarried, but I know she had a hard time having a baby or getting pregnant, I should say, when she had the implants in. So this is a lot of symptoms. But if you're experiencing like 10 of these symptoms, and you can't seem to figure out like what's going on, or nothing's helping these things, and you have breast implants, I would definitely encourage you to just look up breast implant illness and see what these breast implants are made out of. They affect our um, metabolic system, their neurological, our endocrine, our immune, our digestive system. You know, heavy metals are horrible for our brain and our lungs because it is a foreign object and it is a toxic foreign object. It's just bogging down the immune system. Right. I will tell you as a practitioner, I have to say that I actually learned about breast implant illness from one of my first clients as a functional medicine practitioner. She had had her implants removed um, there, they had not been removed correctly. And Christina and I are going to talk a little bit later about, about what is the correct way to remove them because there's a way you do it and a way you don't. My first client had, had not had them removed the way they should have been. And she came in terribly 
sick. And this was, you know, 20 years after she had had them removed, but she still had free silicone in her body. And I will tell you that the first thing she came to me for was um, hypothyroidism. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we did some of her markers for being hypothyroid, they were off the charts. I didn't, I was, I was blown away. That is a very common manifestation of breast implant illness is, is like the thyroid in many ways. I, I think of it sometimes as the canary in the coal mine. It's really essential to good energy and health in our bodies, but it's also one of the first things to be affected by toxins, what we're talking about. You know, in addition to what Christina was saying, if you've got, if you've been diagnosed with something like hypothyroidism and autoimmune disease, anything like that, There's a lot of women, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I have some diagnosis here of what a lot of women get, the the hypo and the hyperthyroidism. So many women get diagnosed with this when they have breast implants. Fibromyalgia is another one that women get diagnosed with. Lyme, some women get diagnosed with Lyme and RA, lupus. And I always, I always, um, I feel like I'm mispronouncing this one, but is it called Jurgen's syndrome? It, it's Sjogren's is, is how Sjogren's. you pronounce it. Sjogren's, which and, is another autoimmune presentation. Yeah. And Graves disease, Hashimoto's and Crohn's. Like these are just some of the, the diagnosis that women will get when they have the breast implants. And I don't want to say that they go into remission Afterwards, I have seen stories here and there of women who have gotten diagnosed with something and then they took the breast implants out and then the next time that they got um, their update and their labs, it, it was either gone or just vastly improved and it was getting to be better. So if you're also having these weird diagnosis of things and it's autoimmune related and all of this and you're doing, you feel like you're doing everything right, and you have breast implants, I mean, definitely consider that as well. Absolutely. Unfortunately, a lot of the things that you described, as well as having breast implant illness, are those kind of nonspecific symptoms that often will be dismissed by a doctor. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, you're just making it up. Oh, you know, what's going on? And, And I have talked to several women whose earliest presentations is um, neurological. They, the dizziness, the brain fog. One woman had kind of a, a numbness that was on her face. So sometimes some of the early symptoms can be pretty nonspecific and pretty vague. Once again, they all go back to your body trying to adjust to having this toxic substance, yeah. you know, in, yep. in your body. You also mentioned something I want to emphasize, which is that they don't need to be ruptured or leaking to be a problem. Uh, Because I think most people could probably understand that. But you're saying that whole intact, no leaking implants can still be a problem. Yeah, I have my implants sitting right in front of me in the in the canister that my explant surgeon gave me. They look brand new. And if you for anybody that goes inside of my Facebook group, women show the picture of their implants and they look brand new. Even if you go on Instagram under the hashtag breast implant illness, a lot of women actually hold up their breast implants after they get their explant. And you can see that their breast implants look brand new, but yet they were still experiencing all of these symptoms. So it is a myth that your implants have to be leaking or ruptured for you to get this. I am speaking from my own experience that my breast implants are perfect but yet I was still very sick. And I could just only imagine the women who actually have ruptured, leaking breast implants, 
how they must feel and what their body is going through. Um, like I couldn't even imagine. And, and even the saline implants, which we'll talk about, they're no safer than the silicone ones. Yeah, that's definitely where I want to lead what we're talking about. But I will also mention that there are a lot of women, especially in some of the breast implant groups that I'm in, that there can be other problems. They're not all pristine looking. Sometimes they get yes. as a as a medium for fungus and for mold and for um, some really nasty looking stuff that if you took a look at these, you'd be like, that should not be in my body. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have to be that in order to be symptomatic, but there are potential of other problems too. And to me, that just would be expressed in the severity and of, of how sick you feel and what you need to do to actually recover. It might be a longer road for some women. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm always, I'm always saying that explanting is not the cure. It's simply it's step one in your healing process. There's, you know, some women have miraculous recoveries. Some women, it takes years to actually start to feel better and to see their labs progressing in, um, you know, in a positive way. So the damage. Yeah. So every body is different. I am always emphasizing that inside of my Facebook group to not compare how you're feeling and what you're going through post explant, comparing how you're healing and everything like that to anybody else's because we're all so different. And, you know, you don't know what the other woman is doing. You know, somebody might have the MTHFRG mutation, which, which makes it harder for your body to process and eliminate toxins. So if you have that gene mutation, First off, I think you shouldn't get breast implants to begin with. But if you have that gene mutation, that's just going to make it a little bit harder for your body to truly process and eliminate those toxins when you do, you know, go through a, a detox post-explant stuff like that. That's a whole nother subject. But <laughs> well, let's go. Let's talk about some of the other common misconceptions, and you've kind of alluded to one, but let's let's talk yeah. about this one head on, which is, oh, saline implants are better <sighs> than. The, silicone. <laughs> the number of silicone. I mean, the silicone implants, you know, they, they just keep getting, it's like now there's gummy bear and now there's this and now there's many, many options. I, I remember sitting in my plastic surgeon's office and he had a case filled with them. And he basically said to me, well, pick a size and pick what you want. And, mm. and I mean, it's like pick a boob, any boob, you know, I know right? Yep. Um, but let's talk about that. Um, yeah. Um, is sailing any any better? Saline water is definitely going to be better than silicone gel. Yes, that, that's the case. But when you have saline breast implants, the shell that is supporting the saline water, the shell is still made up of those chemicals and those heavy metals. So your body is still getting exposed to those chemicals and those heavy metals. The only difference is your breast implant is filled with saline water as opposed to silicone gel. Now, uh, something with saline implants that I see quite often because of faulty valves, like you mentioned a little bit earlier, is that they can harbor, your, your implant can harbor mold and fungus in it because of a faulty valve. So if you're sitting here and you're like, well, I have saline implants, they're safer, this, like, this can't be me, I'm here to tell you I have a group with 6,100 women in it now. I'm very well connected wow. in this community. Lots of women have saline implants and they still get very sick. Some of them unfortunately have mold in their implants. 
And so if a doctor tells you or a surgeon tells you, you have saline implants, don't worry about it. That's just not true. You're still getting exposed to those chemicals. You know, your body's still getting exposed to those chemicals and those heavy metals. We kind of touched upon the other misconception is your implants, you know, they don't have to be leaking for you to get sick. So that's like another common thing that, that we hear is your implants aren't, aren't leaking or ruptured. So just keep them in. It must be something else. And again, my implants look perfect and I was still very sick. Well, that leads me into something that I, I noticed a wide um, difference. I mean, at least my surgeon, when he was talking to me about implants, did tell me they would have to be replaced mm-hmm. every 10 years. But a lot of women are not told that. Yep. They, they think it's a one and done procedure. You know, even if you never look at explantation, any of these materials degrade in the body and they need to be replaced. Yeah. You know, and that's something that a lot of women are not told. Yeah, we've come to find that out. I actually went to the FDA meetings um, in 2019 where they were, you know, the breast implant manufacturers were there and everything. And a lot of women were told that they were lifetime devices. They never had to worry about them or anything. And that is not true. They right. need to be exchanged every eight to 10 years. I've seen some pictures with women who only had them for, I'd say maybe five to seven years and they were ruptured. I've heard stories of women who've had them for 30 years. They need to get exchanged every eight to 10 years, um, according to the breast implant manufacturers. And some some plastic surgeons don't tell you that. They either just don't tell you that at all, or they just tell you they're lifetime devices. So, And one thing I want to add here, there's a big debate in the breast cancer community about getting mammograms, whether you should or not. And we, I discussed that on other podcast episodes. But I can tell you, if you have breast implants, you should not get a mammogram. I agree. I mean, You know, your chances of causing a rupture or a leak, I mean, just think about it. You've got basically a pre-filled balloon, and you're going to squeeze it in a mammogram machine, and your chances of rupturing or leaking with that go up exponentially. So exponentially. So that is something that uh, if you have implants, um, you really need to be adamant about that with your doctors, and your doctors may not be aware of that. Going back to the what um, implants are made out of, I also want to talk about the fact that there is a specific form of cancer that's associated with one type of implant. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so there's something called breast, breast implant associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma. Or you can, if you want to just research it, you could just put in BIA. ALCL, but it's breast implant associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma. And it's not a breast cancer. It's actually a cancer of the immune system. The only way you can get this cancer is from breast implants. They supposedly are only linked to textured implants, which from what I understand, most women who have breast cancer get the textured implants, right? Because there's no tissue. And so they, the, the textured breast implants kind of allow it to hold on to what you have a little bit better and not slide or whatever. But um, I have actually some statistics here, but as of January 24th, 2020, 885 cases and 33 deaths have been reported. I'm again, I'm, I know quite a few women who actually <laughs> I know a handful of women who actually had breast cancer, got breast implants, 
and then got BIA ALCL from their implants. And like they had both of these cancers and it's, I just feel so bad. Like I can't even imagine, but some symptoms to look out for when it comes to BIA ALCL are um, change in breast size or implant shape, swelling of the breast, a change in the way that the breast feels, such as an increase in firmness, the development of a lump or lumps in or around the breast or under the armpit, um, if you have any swollen lymph nodes or excessive fluid buildup around the breast, um, if you have any itchiness or redness on the skin or near the breast or any pain or lesions, fever, fatigue or night sweats, um, you'll definitely want to go... I don't know if it would be see your doctor or see your plastic surgeon, but I would think it would be see like a breast care specialist and ask them to do the CD30 test. It's a pathology test that tests for the BIA ALCL markers. So it's CD30. Um, if you're experiencing any of those, those symptoms and you have especially textured breast implants, um, you'll want to definitely go get checked out, I would say, as soon as you can. But any of these symptoms would be concerning. Those of us who are going through treatment, it can be a little tricky to figure out because because of the medications they're giving us and, and the hormone blockers, we're already having night sweats and we're already right. feeling like crap and we're already having some mood swings. So mm. it can all get mixed together. But, yeah. um, but as Christina said early on, I think really, like, once you understand that this is, it, this is a, a true phenomenon, just kind of listening to, like, could this possibly be a foundation for some of what I'm experiencing, that inner voice? Because I really believe that we all have that. You know, we get bombarded with the medical stuff, but then we all go home. And that, that little voice in the middle of the night is the one that, that um, I, I think that can sometimes guide you. And it can be hard because doctors don't always know about this, they're not always going to be the people that can guide you through this. With that being said, I would like to talk about what, what do you need to do if you decide to explant? You, um, if you've got a doctor who doesn't even acknowledge it, obviously mm -hmm. you can't go to any doctor for explantation. So, yeah. so let's talk about explanting. How do you get it done? What, what are the important things to think about when you explant? Yeah. What are the important things to ask about? So you definitely want to be sure that you get a board-certified plastic surgeon, first and foremost. When you go to your consultation for an explant, you want to be sure that your plastic surgeon will do it on block and with a total capsulectomy. So an on block is when they take your breast implant and the capsule that's around your, your implant out together in one piece. And the reason why this is so important is if is because if your breast implant is ruptured or leaking or anything like that, that capsule coming out with it will help contain whatever's inside of that, that, that capsule, you know, the implant. I've seen lots of pictures of women who had completely ruptured implants. And when I say completely ruptured, I mean, think of like melted jello, just completely ruptured implants. So it was very important that the capsule remain intact and come out with the implant when you're getting your explant surgery. Um, and then you want to make sure that you're going to get a total capsulectomy, um, which just means removal of all the capsule. So if there is any capsule or silicone or anything that is stuck to your ribs or any muscle or any lymph nodes or anything like that, that your explant surgeon will go in and either peel it off or scrape it off or cauterize it off and leave you with a completely clean 
chest cavity that is free of capsule, free of implants, free of silicone, all of that. Some women need muscle repair. So, you know, you would want to ask your, your explant surgeon, do you do muscle repair if needed? And if so, see if it costs any extra, whatever. Your explant surgeon can also do the CD30 test to test your, your implant capsule to see if it has any of those BIA ALCL cells on it. So you can get that done during your explant if you're like, you know what, I'm just going to skip to the explant portion and then just run that by your, your um, explant surgeon is like, hey, are you able to do that BIA ALCL pathology test when you take my implants out? Yeah, and it's just really important that the implant and the, the capsule come out together in one piece. You don't really want to cut the capsule and then remove the implant again because you know any of those chemicals can potentially get inside your body and in your bloodstream causing you you know even more symptoms and, and everything like that. And you also want to make sure that if you do have saline implants that your plastic surgeon is not going to drain your saline implant inside of you before they take it out. Because if your saline implant is harboring mold or bacteria, where's it going to go? It's going to go inside of your body. And so again, no matter if you have saline, silicone, textured, smooth, it doesn't matter. The implant and the capsule just need to come out together. And then after it's out, the surgeon will go back in, take out anything else that needs to get taken out, close you up, do what they do. And, um, you know, send you on your way. But it's, you know, that's the most important part is just having a surgeon that is familiar with explanting on block. You know, I, I know a lot of surgeons don't really believe in breast implant illness. They're kind of like on the fence, but they will do an explant properly and they will do it safely and they're familiar with doing it. So, you know, at the end of the day, that's really what matters. If you find a surgeon who does believe in breast implant illness, that's just kind of like an added bonus in my opinion. You know, and those are just what you'll really want to look for when deciding who to explant with. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I have had women write me and they say that their doctors just want to drain the silicone or drain the uh, saline saline. implants Mm. because it'll just be reabsorbed by the body. Yeah, no. um, (laughs) Don't do it. Actually, the the phrasing to use is in-block encapsulectomy. Because if they're taking out pieces, parts, you know, the whole structure, I'm not a surgeon, so this is a pretty rudimentary thing, but there's actually a shell that they put in to hold the capsule, because otherwise the capsule would just move around. So what we're talking about is taking out the shell as well as the implant. And the shell is what can actually, especially the longer you have, um, implants can become kind of fused with the ribs and the tissue. So, uh, so a lot of doctors will not necessarily want to look at taking out the shell, but it is as important as the implant when you're getting it all taken out. Uh, yeah, because that capsule can have, you know, whatever's on your implant, it can have some of those particles on the capsule. So you want to be sure that you're just taking all that out and reducing the risk of you know, potentially still having some of those particles in you on the capsule. I, I, I do want to say though, I know two, two women. So one had capsule left in and she remained still sick afterwards and she's waiting to have a capsulectomy. Another woman left her capsules in and she's feeling fine. 
Right. But I, you know, I do want to question her, like, are you really feeling fine? Like, you know, because I just, I can't help but think that capsule needs to come out because it, our body made that when we got the breast implants. It, it's not something we already have inside of us. It made that to protect us. That's the beautiful thing about our body is it identified it as an intruder and it did, it created that capsule to protect us from it. Um, every, everybody's different. I've heard different stories, but having just that clean slate and that clean chest cavity um, is what's going to be best. Absolutely. And, you know, and I just want to say as a functional medicine practitioner, some of the early sim- signs or symptoms that I've heard from some of my women dealing with breast implant illness are not things that you would necessarily think breast implant illness. Like one, uh, the woman that I mentioned earlier that taught me about breast implant illness, she said her started as chronic constipation. She had never had constipation in her life, and her started as chronic constipation. Then it became energy. Then it became kind of this autoimmune thing, and then it became hypothyroid. But this, this progressively got worse over time. And she said actually one of the early symptoms she also had was that dizziness or, or just that spacey feeling or mm-hmm. what we often call brain fog where, you know, it just feels like you're, you're kind of underwater when you're trying to put thoughts together. That is also a very early symptom. So you may be listening to this and you may think, well, I don't have any of those symptoms, but all I can emphasize is sometimes they can be so vague that sometimes it may not occur to you at the early yeah. stages. So I just really encourage you to read more about it and see how, how it resonates with you. Two things I want to ask as we are winding up our time here is, um, A, if you think there's anything that we haven't covered that you would like to emphasize. We've, I think we've talked about a lot, but I know that you do a lot of teaching on this. So is there anything you would like to emphasize? Um, we honestly, we covered everything. <laughs> like I, I have my notes of the main things that women need to know. And we literally covered like everything that, that they need to know from the symptoms to having the surgery. You know, I would always just say, trust your body. You know, we get symptoms for a reason. It's our body's way of communicating with us that something is wrong. And again, I just say it over and over again, but if you just feel like you're trying everything and doing everything and you're not feeling good and you have breast implants, I can't, this is just my opinion and my view. They're not meant to be in us, period. They're not going to make you any more or less womanly. Um, You can be completely confident without having large breasts or breasts. I'm friends with so many women. I'm very small as is. And I'm honestly more confident being a little tiny A cup than I was with a big D cup. Well, that's what I I wanted to emphasize as we close is, um, and, and this comes up in such painful ways in women who are going through breast cancer. And this is a, it's a much bigger issue than just a couple of minutes, but really body image. Unfortunately, I think we're in a society where women's self-worth and women's value as seen by society is related to their cup size. Mm-hmm. And, and that leads a lot of women, whether they're doing it for body image and cosmetic reasons, or they're doing it for health reasons, really leaves women, I, I think, in a very vulnerable place and sometimes acting out of fear like, oh my God, you know, I need to do this to feel okay. And I know that that's a large part of your movement is to really help women challenge what what that standard of beauty is. 
Yeah, because we are bombarded and we have been bombarded for decades from commercials to magazines. And now we have social media of all these images of what a quote unquote ideal woman looks like. And it's just not, it's not true. We've been programmed to believe that this body type or this look or this breast size, whatever it may be, is what will make you enough and make you attractive and make you happy and fulfill you and all of that. It's just not true. It's not the case. You know, we need to take our power back. We need to own who we are. And we absolutely need to be putting our health before vanity and how we look. And I know that it's easier said than done. Um, you know, I, I've never walked through cancer. You know, I, I can't relate to all the, the emotional aspect of, you know, losing your breasts and all of that. But I do firmly believe that your breast size does not define you. It does, has nothing to do with the amount of happiness or joy or laughter or confidence that you can have. You can have all of that while being flat. And I have tons of friends um, who can definitely show you that that kind of life and that kind of mindset is definitely possible. I, I think the vibrancy that comes off of someone who's feeling good in their body, feeling mm -hmm. healthy and feeling energetic is so much more sexy than, right. you know, than, than what artificial boost you might be getting from a cup size. Yeah, you know, um, I agree. I agree. I'll, I'll tell you, um, I didn't have implants because because I had a reaction and implant illness. And I remember talking to a friend of mine who did have implants. And she came up to me and just out of nowhere, she didn't even know that I, you know, kind of what I did for my work. And she's like, oh my God, I hate these things. Now she had had them for reconstruction. And she's like, these things are not a part of my body. Mm. I can be having a hot flash and they'll be ice cold or vice oh, versa. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'll be ice oh, cold yeah. and... And they feel hot and just, she's like, I go to hug somebody and I don't have any sensation, yeah. you know, so it feels like a wall between me and another person. So, um, and that's the one thing that I never thought of when I was going through it myself is that, yes, implants are really focused on when you're getting reconstruction. But the truth is, is that there's nothing that is going to replace your natural breast. They do not feel the same. I had a different kind of reconstruction, which I talk about in other episodes, you know, but, but there is a loss of sensation and there is a loss of feeling and getting breast implants, really all it is is a cosmetic intervention. And, and I know many women who have just told me that they just hate them because it doesn't give them back what they miss most, which is healthy, full sensitivity yeah. breast. And I, I don't know what it's like when you, it's augmentation, but you may get the look, but you don't get the feeling of them. So yeah. for anybody who's considering this, you know, really, I, I really encourage you to look into this, do your research. And I'll tell you, I, I was really fortunate. My, my husband, who was not my husband at the time, when I got diagnosed with breast cancer, we had only been dating a few months. And, uh, you know, he had friends who told him, well, why don't you just leave her? You don't, you don't have to be with a woman who doesn't have breast. He's like, what kind of human being are you? At one point in time, particularly since I had such a reaction, he, I came home one day and he's like, look at this website. And he had looked up a website that had women who had chosen to be flat and had exotic tattoos. Oh, wow, and yeah. um, he's like, I would rather see you do this than continue to try to put these implants in your body that are making you sick. He's like, pick out the most exotic <laughs> dragon tattoo 
you want. And, and to tell you the truth, if I had to do it again, that's probably how I would go because there are some women who are rocking it out there. Right. In terms yeah, of they body confidence <laughs> and in terms of tattooing and, in, you know, there's there and in terms of being flat and feeling empowered. Yeah. Um, so implants are not your only choice. That's yeah. Uh, I guess. And I'm a rebel. I don't like trends. I don't like following what other people are doing, you know? So for me, I just feel like it's a, it's a, just a little middle finger to society right. and everything to say, you know what? I don't care about your standards. I don't care about your expectations. I'm going to do what's good for me. I don't care about my breast size. Like I'm still going to go out and do this with my life and wear that. Right. And it's like, just owning it, just owning it and being like, I'm not going to follow this. Like, I don't need that. Um, you know, and honestly, health is so much more important than, gosh, looking good when you go out to the grocery store or whatever it may be, you know, it's just health at the end of the day is what's really important and your happiness, of course. So and that's incredible freedom. That's yeah. incredible freedom. And, and for my listeners who have gone through, you know, and, and are going through a very difficult diagnosis, there is freedom really coming home, for lack of a better word, to and being in your body. Mm-hmm. It, there's a lot of freedom in that. So as we wrap up, I certainly want to let people know how can people communicate with you? Please give us the link to your Facebook and how women can learn more about this. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to reach out personally to me, it's Christina at sizehappy.net. Just email me, you know, in the subject line, just say, I found you on um, this podcast or whatever. And anything that you're going through, you know, run by me if you want my advice or whatever it may be. Um, You can definitely reach out to me through email. You can find me inside my Facebook group, um, Breast Implant Illness Rejuvenation and Education with Christina. Um, And then I'm on social media where I share a lot of um, body image and self-love things. It's size happy underscore with Christina. For anybody who literally is just discovering breast implant illness, I have a guide. It's a printable, downloadable guide. It's called Discovering Breast Implant Illness, What Now? It goes over all of the symptoms, the importance of OnBlock. It has all of the consultation questions that you would want to ask at your explant surgery consultation. There's like 40 questions. You don't have to ask all of them, but there are a lot of very good, important questions that you need to be asking your explant surgeon in this guide. Also, 22 things to do before your explant surgery, what to expect with post-op care, like everything just to kind of reduce the overwhelm and all the information that's out there online and inside Facebook groups is in here in this guide. So um, I'll share the link um, yeah, you here. Share yeah. the link with me. I will put it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and me, being a nurse to the core, as you all know, you know, my closing um, advice is if you go to a doctor and you are not supported in this, find another doctor. You know, there are doctors who are informed out there. There are doctors who are becoming more aware of this. Um, it may not be your particular doctor, but if you've got a doctor who is unwilling to discuss this with you, you know, who denies that it even happens, you don't have a plumber come in and tell you, well, I'm only going to do for you what I'm going to do for you, and I don't care what the problem is. <laughs> and, and the fact that we're not empowered to challenge our doctors is one of my big things is that um, doctors, I, I'm not anti-doctor, but they don't know everything. 
either from lack of education, lack of exposure, or for other motivations, they don't know everything. So if you're dealing with a doctor who does not support you or will not have this conversation with you, then search out other doctors or contact me. I actually am part of a group that there is a list of doctors who specialize in explants. And I don't know if you have that, Christina, but um, there are resources out there. And sometimes you have to do a little bit of searching, but um, when it comes to your health, it's worth it. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's perfect. And if you have any questions, please reach out to me, please at radicalhealthrn at gmail.com or reach out to Christina at Christina at sizehappy.net. And I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and let us know what your thoughts and questions are. Thanks yeah, so much. Thank you. See you Bye. next week. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. If you have comments or questions about today's episode or how functional medicine can help you in your own recovery from breast cancer, you can contact Deborah at RadicalHealthRN at gmail.com. You can leave positive feedback and subscribe for future episodes on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Check out Deborah's website at www.boobsaren'tworthdyingfor.com for show notes, educational info, and other important links. Until next time.